welcome to The Fool and the Page. This is a podcast for writers, the tarot curious, and for anybody and everybody who is making stories to make sense of things. So as you may know, I typically ask, what is coming forward to serve the writer when I approach the tarot for one of these episodes? I decided to pull a card for the writer who is lacking focus, like those moments when you just can't sit still and lend your efforts to a single story or project without getting up a few minutes later and this whole pattern is starting to drive you crazy and you're looking for tools to find focus again. And y'all, it's interesting. It always is. Um, I pulled the tower. We think of the tower as being the card that shows up like this. Something needs to change. Something is not working and something needs to change. For whatever reason, we are not able to change it. So the universe comes along and it's like, oh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll just burn it down. (laughs) And then we won't have to worry about it anymore, will we? See, it's fine. I'm just going to burn it down. Now, sometimes that's that's really hard and not welcome at all and 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 we see that difficulty represented in the illustrations um in different depictions of the tower card right so we'll talk about that what's really interesting is that I pulled the tower so I I'm going in and I'm asking the tarot hey um give me an answer like a structure a guide give me a guide give me a system And then the tarot goes and says, hey, here's an interesting notion. Have you considered burning your system down? So, you know, welcome. (laughs) Welcome artists, welcome writers, welcome tower. So first of all, just a little shout out to my friend Ellen uh, we share, I think, a, a sort of fondness and appreciation for this card, as I know probably many of you do. Um, Ellen, I know you're a fan of the Wild Unknown deck, so I'll talk about that depiction first. In this card, we see an evergreen tree struck by lightning. The top branches are torn from the tree and going up in flames. And it doesn't bode well for the, for the rest of the tree. In other depictions of the tower, you'll see a, a human-made structure um, that's on fire in in some part of it. Um, lightning may be coming down from the sky. Black birds are taking off into storm clouds. Um, in the Aquarian deck, we see waves flooding the base of the tower. In the Pagan Otherworlds deck, often my favorite and definitely my favorite in this case, there is a, a tower getting blown up at the top. Some, some chunks of it are, are getting ready to fly off into the sky. In addition to that, we see a figure in a rust colored dress being flung from the tower. And this image always makes me think of Jane Eyre. Um, this image implies that this is going to hurt but the the energy and the promise of this card is is not about the pain itself but about what comes after we experience a major shakeup a fire a fall a massive 
break and clearing out of what we've built up to be solid, secure, reliable, or just permanent. And it's actually not the best thing for us. After the, after the tower comes the star in the third line of the major arcana, the star healing and clarity follow this card. That's the promise of the experience and energy of this card. So I try to pay attention to the, the experts, the, the wise ones in the tarot who describe this card as having layers or degrees. The tower can be as harmless as say Gwyneth Paltrow in sliding doors when she gets fired and finds her boyfriend in bed with Jean Triplehorn, if I'm remembering correctly. And, um, this is the worst, but y'all, it inspires Gwyneth to start her own PR firm. Way to go. So there's this major excavation, a burning down of old structures and making way for a major upgrade. Emotionally traumatic. Um, physically, perhaps less so. Although I think in one version, she does get mugged. Um, that may be in the other, in the alternate history. Y'all can let me know. Um, the tower can also be an illness or injury that lays us so low that we're forced to, to innovate, to reinvent ourselves in a way that evolves our being into something better, but it still hurts. And by the way, I just want to be clear. It's not a portent of something like that. I don't, I don't read the tarot as, um, a fortune telling tool. So I just want to make that clear that pulling the tower is, is, is a means for understanding what is happening as opposed to a portent of something terrible on the horizon. I don't see the tarot that way. So I'm not going to talk about it that way. Um, I believe that pulling the tower is a way to get clarity on, on some present reality. So again, it could, it could be something that, that is so disastrous that we're forced to reinvent ourselves, but it, it might not be something that we would choose again, looking back. If we're, if we're lucky enough, if we're privileged enough to have the resources that we need to survive something as horrible as illness or injury and evolve, but like we wouldn't choose cancer. Like I certainly wouldn't choose mine, but can the tower in our lives change things eventually for the better? If like me, you're lucky enough to survive an experience like that and move past it, of course, can it force us to reconcile with the things that we've chosen that are not the best for us and then let them go? Yeah. Can it, it enable us to be like, well, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do what I want from now on. And I'm going to work in a way that's best for me and frankly, better for the planet and better for the community. In the next world tarot deck, the tower is revolution. Talk about making way for what's better. Going through something terrible to get there, sure. But the tower is, is going to be an eventual welcome outcome born out of the worst kinds of situations. The tower is the promise that our way is being cleared for something that is, that is better. So then, okay, <laughs> how do we apply this to art, to, to making things and lack of focus? I think it might be interesting to pose the question, 
what old structures in our creative process do we need to excavate or just burn down to get on with the work? Sometimes I think we lack focus because we are afraid to keep moving forward in what feels like the wrong direction. So the lack of focus is actually (laughs) us having a hard time sitting down with the work of imperfection, of experimentation, because we're afraid that we're just going to keep making what feels like mistakes and moving in the wrong direction. We've built up in our minds the perfect idea, the perfect house, the perfect building of what we want to make. And then we feel like what we're making is actually the ruins, like it's not good enough. In fact, it's garbage. What could happen if we let go of our egoic ideas of what something should be? Here's here's a wild idea. In writing, there is no wrong direction. There isn't. There is only deepening story, deepening character, or not. So I get that we all have little like ways that we imagine ourselves to be different or our lives to be different. People we'd prefer to be or ways that we prefer to sort of like move through our lives. And, and some of these are perfectly harmless, like perfectly harmless imaginings. Like how I imagine that soon I'll start to dress like Fiona Shaw's character in Killing Eve. <laughs> like long, beautiful coats and really nice blouses that definitely need to be dry cleaned. And um, I'll just be super confident every time I walk into a room, largely because of that outfit. Y'all, that's never going to (laughs) happen. It's never going to happen. One, because I hate shopping for clothes. And two, because I'm just never going to take care of myself in that way. I'm never going to have that kind of skincare regimen or that kind of dressing (laughs) regimen. I'm meant to age ungracefully. It's who I'm meant to be. It's truly who I'm meant to be. But like, it's, it's harmless to imagine for a moment that I'm this like cold hearted MI6 agent with impeccable taste. Now, here's a harmful imagining. Here is an old structure that is harmful to my creative process. The perfect building I have in my mind about what it means to be a successful writer And even after so many little towers have been burned down, I keep building the same structure back up. Like it has to be a certain way. It has to be a book deal, first of all. And it kind of has to look like this and be this kind of book. And y'all, that tower has now been burned down five times at least. Now, okay, I'm not saying that I'm not going to get published and I'm not saying that I'm never going to get a book deal, but simultaneously, and here's what's weird but I think one of the really cool things about what the tarot teaches us, simultaneously, I need to let that shit go. Simultaneously, I can long for that. I can long for something that is actually intended to happen. I can even long for something that I deserve. And simultaneously, I need to let it go. And I need to work on not seeing this like smoldering tower of what was meant to be But instead, like all the brand new little green shoots that are springing up out of the ashes, a brand new forest, a totally new world, only made possible by the burning down of an old one. 
that was never meant to be for whatever reason. It was never meant to look like that ever. All right. So it feels a little tricky to talk about this, but I'm going to give it a go. First, I'm going to have a, um, a sip of tea. All right. So advice. If the tower were sitting in front of us, what kind of, what kind of advice might it pose um, for us, the writer, us, the artist? I think it might encourage us to ask the question of ourselves and of our piece, what does this, what does this, mm, start over, scratch that. I think we need to ask the question of whatever we're making, what is built on what I think it needs to be as opposed to what it wants to be? Yes, I'm referring to the piece, whatever you're making is a sentient thing. That's kind of the general vibe here. So if you're new to the podcast and if it's not your thing, no big deal. But I do think we need to consider as we're working on something, what does it really need to be? And what is what am I trying to make it in order to please someone other than myself and other than the piece itself? And how is that affecting my making process and my lack of focus? Would it help if I threw out those notions? And I think it would help if you actually write it down, write down what that old structure is. Like the, that old structure could be... <sighs> this is a piece that needs to be published here, or this is a piece that needs to win this contest, or this is a piece that my agent is going to approve of. This is a piece that is going to get wild acclaim in this way. This is a piece that's going to wow my writer's group. Write down what that old structure is and burn it. Safely, of course. Like if you don't have an actual fireplace and most people don't, you know, burn a little slip of paper in your deep sink where there's immediate access to running water. Burn it. Burn those words. Let it go. Does it mean that you're foregoing the right to the wild acclaim? Of course not. Would it help you to let it go so that you could just get on with the work? Probably. And then here's the, the second part of the advice. Consider this. If you're struggling to focus... Do you actually need to keep working? Do you? Are you forcing yourself to work 20 minutes because you have 20 minutes? When really what you need to be doing on this particular morning is working for five and then staring into space for 15 minutes because that's actually what you need as a person. And here's a sort of like second part to that question. Are you forcing a system that worked for you at another time in your life, but now is no longer working and you need to let it go and be really okay with that? Like, are you forcing the system that worked in your thirties, but like now you're in your forties and your life is totally different and you need to be creating at a totally different time of the day and just throw out the old system and also know that that is okay and totally normal. Like speaking of systems, I've been teaching this class that works with the Pomodoro method. That's a new structure for me. Um, Having now worked on like longer manuscripts and projects for 20 years, it's only in the past year that I've started using this new system of working for 25 minutes and then taking a break, 25 minutes and taking a break. The old system, my old tower would have been work till I can't work anymore. Like burn the candle at both ends 24 seven. 
Well, that's impossible now. It's impossible. It's impossible physically. It's impossible emotionally. So I'm carving out new structures and bidding the old ones farewell. Now for a segment within a segment, which I'll call, you're a captive audience, so I tell you my dreams. It can be annoying to hear people's dreams. You're a captive audience, so I tell you my dreams. So I think I saw an ad on, it was Netflix or Amazon for the, like the bad mom's holiday movie. Like it might literally be called bad mom's holiday or bad mom's Christmas. Um, cause you know, this is the time of year where everybody's like, you need to be watching all the Christmas <laughs> movies. And if you're not, what are you doing with your life? So, um, I saw this ad and then I had a dream that I was friends with Kristen Bell. And Kristen Bell and I were on vacation. And in the dream, we were sitting on a balcony with this magical landscape in the near distance, like made of beautiful mountains with waterfalls running with this blue green water. And I set up a chair with the perfect cushion at my back. And in the dream, like I felt like I'd never been this comfortable. I was so like perfectly positioned. And there was a moment where Kristen Bell and I guess these, I don't know, faceless celebrity friends left the balcony to go do something fun. And I was like, I'm just going to stay here. Now, is my dream life, you know, the time, the time when you're, when your brain is starting to like, you know, process everything and kind of work through all your shit. Is my dream life telling me that I need to take a break? Maybe. Do we always get to take breaks while on balconies with magical landscapes and Kristen Bell as a BFF? No, of course not. But should we find a way to pause in our creative work to take care of ourselves? Yes. Can that feel uncomfortable, even painful, when you're accustomed to simply just forcing the focus and getting on with the work? Yes. Does it sound like I'm just telling you to, like, fuck off? Yes. Can it feel painful to release old systems and old ideas? Of course. Will we be better for it? Yeah. Should we go to our trusted writing partners or communities to support us in that transition? Yes. We should not feel like this kind of excavation has to be done alone. Scratch that. We may feel like this kind of excavation has to be done alone, and we may, there may be shame to that but we should not have to do it alone. It's best done by having conversations with other artists and, you know, first of all, just to normalize it because we are not alone in that. We're not alone in lacking focus, first of all. And we're also not alone in lacking the tools and resources that we may need to find the focus again. So having those conversations is so important, not only to normalize it, but then to get the resources and the tips and the tricks for carving out a new path through this wild, wild forest that is a life of making things. Thank you for listening to my dream um, and for sticking around. And I hope that you'll stick around for 25 minutes of guided writing. You're also welcome to just listen and imagine. I try to make the prompts as sort of like tool free as possible so that this could be something that you could just like muse on as you're taking a walk or doing the dishes. Um, but if you're sitting at a table, um, clear your space and bring, bring your notebook on over, bring your pen, open up a new document. And no matter what you're doing, let's take a moment and just take a breath. So deep inhale 
and exhale. So the first writing prompt, what is the structure in yours or your character's life that you or they are struggling to let go of? What is the kind of structure that's starting to show its cracks in either yours or your character's life that you or they can't seem to let go of? I want you to describe what that structure actually looks like if it were a building, like an actual tower. What is it made of? What, what parts of it are still shiny and attractive and what parts of it are dangerous and crumbling? And if it just so happens that you've been through a tower phase and actually let go of this, then describe that. Describe the thing that you've already let go of. Imagine that it's a physical tower and describe that. Pause and write for eight minutes. Next prompt. Are you ready? Okay. I want you to imagine that you or your character have paused in the work, whatever that work might be, and are truly allowing yourself to just be. What does it look like? When you or your character pauses, I'm dying to do this for my character <laughs> as I'm saying this right now. I can't wait to do this for my character because straight up 75,000 words in, I don't think she's paused. She definitely hasn't. She has not allowed herself to pause. I don't know what that looks like for her. No, if whether the scene lives in the book or not, who cares? I still need to explore it. So take a moment to explore that for you or your character. What does it look like to truly pause? Describe every detail. Pause and write for eight minutes. And we're back. Back for the third, final, and longest prompt. So... Imagine that you've returned to the site or your character has returned to the site, you know, metaphorically or physically of this tower that has been burned away. The tower that you struggled for so long or they struggled for so long to let go of and it's finally gone. Describe what has come up in its place. What has grown into this space? What is now taking up space where this old structure used to stand? What does that look like? What does the new stuff look like? Pause and write for nine minutes starting now. All right, let's take another a collective inhale, exhale. So deep breath in and exhale. All right. I hope, hope, hope that you enjoyed that. Um, I thank you so much for being here. Um, please share the podcast with your friends if you enjoy it. Um, you can uh, follow uh, The Fool in the Page on Instagram. It's just Fool in the Page. And please DM me there if there's a card that you'd like to hear from listening to this tower episode or any of the other ep episodes. If you're like, you know what, I'd really dig an episode that's all about X card, whatever pops into your mind, um, send me a message and I'd love to chat about it. Uh, 
Speaking of systems that you can try out, I am teaching at the Writing Barn on December 19th, um, the Pomodoro class that I spoke of. It's a three-hour class. We riff on the Pomodoro method to um, both create, uh, to write new stuff, to find inspiration um, in literary examples or music or art, and then sort of use that to guide personal writing time. The community is so great and supportive, and it's a really good time. So December 19th, you can check that out um, at thewritingbarn.com. And um, I hope to hang out with you and write with you again soon. In the meantime, take care of yourself, take breaks, and yeah, um, stay well, and I'll see you soon. Bye.